All right. Good evening, everybody. I said good evening. Oh, my God. Good evening, everybody. This is Mark Melvin and Lisa Jackson, and this is Get Twisted. Today is going to be an interesting topic. We're going to talk about UFOs, aliens, and the Bible. Um, Lisa, welcome our guest, please. Hello, guests. We are very glad you could join us this evening. If you know anyone else who would like to join us, go ahead and add them to the group and we will accept them so they can join the conversation as well. If you would like to take part in the live chat um, on Zoom, the directions are in the link above the live feed. All right. I'm down here, baby. I'm right here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, Lisa, um, UFOs in the Bible. Now, what I did was today, everybody, I sent three um, links, uh, one for UFOs in the Bible, one for fire from heaven, and the other one, I just forgot what it was. <laughs> you have to check the wall itself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway... Here's my some notes, and I'm about to start from there. Oh my God, I'm getting pop-ups, okay. Aliens in the Bible, and if you look on the Get Twisted page, I'm coming from ancientpages.com. The link is in the on the wall and Get Twisted, and I'm gonna start with Deuteronomy 33, verse 26. I even picked up the Bible itself, right here. Okay, here we go. Deuteronomy 33. I had to dust the dust off a little bit of this Bible. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I know, I know, I know. Okay, 3326. 3326. Yep, are you on it? Okay. Let's uh, go. Where am I? Where am I? Oh, I need glasses. There is none like the God of Jeshurun who rides on the heavens to help you and on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemy before you saying destroy them. Um, this is just one of many verses. Uh, I'm going to go now to Exodus. I'm going to read a few verses. Exodus 19.9. And I'm going to do this just to build a foundation on what I'm going to be talking about. Exodus 19 and 9. Are you in your Bible or are you kind of pulling it up on your pad? I'm pulling it up on my phone. Okay. You got it? Yes. Okay. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and you will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what he what the people had said. He would see them in a cloud. He rides on the heavens. Now we're going to scroll down to the same chapter. Um no, we're going to go to Exodus 9. 
19, verses 17 and 19. Same chapter. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. Okay. Uh, one more. Um, Exodus 13 and 7. Exodus 13, verse 7. Okay. Or is it, I think I might have wrote that wrong. You think it's 7 and 13? You know what? I'm just going to skip right on to the deep stuff. Let's just go to Ezekiel. Okay. This is Ezekiel is like the 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 deep. Yeah, I think I was there today. We're gonna go to Ezekiel one. I'm gonna pull this up on my iPad. Ezekiel one um, one twenty eight one through twenty eight. And I'm reading this from um, English Standard Version of Biblia.com. Okay. In the 30th year, in the fourth month, and on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Chabar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim, and the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the Chabar Canal, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. Verse 4, as I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud. Here again, we're talking about this dense cloud with brightness around it and fire flashing forth continuously. And in the midst of the fire, as it were gleaming metal, and from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had a human likeness, but each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the sole of a calf's foot. And, the spark, and they sparkled like burnished bronze under their wings. On their four sides, they had human hands. And, their, and the four had their faces and their wings thus. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Uh, it goes down to that they were like burning coals of fire and it was bright. And they went back and forth, forth like lightning and out of the fire went lightning. And it goes on to describe this whole awesome scenario of Ezekiel saw what he said was for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. And they, the wheels, um, 
When they went, these went, and when those stood, these stood, and when they rose from the earth, the wheels rose along with them. Now, I don't know about anybody else. That sounds like a spaceship in old language. So I want to start kind of backtrack a little bit. I want to jump into Jesus. There's two times Jesus has spoken about um, or was it Paul where he was stopped on the road on the way to Damascus and the, uh, the light blinded him and he was blind for a while and it said Jesus spoke to him. Also, Jesus ascended into the air, into heaven when he actually left the earth. He literally like elevated into the sky, but where did he go? So today's show, just to give you guys a little foundation, a little, our podcast, is about UFOs in the Bible. And ultimately, I want to ask this question. Is our God that we grow up with, that we were taught about, worship, and pray to, an extraterrestrial alien? Lisa, any thoughts? You know, I've talked about this in the past because my thought is it's possible and some people really object to that saying it's in the bible but would god being an being being an alien make him any less god mm. nope <laughs> there was one more story that i got to get in there i want to get this out early um is also, if you look on our page, let me find it um, on pad. If you go on the page and scroll down, I posted a link, it said 17 verses uh, about fire from heaven. I'm gonna click onto that link and just read right out of that. Uh, this is Exodus 9.23. Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Numbers 1 and 11. One. Numbers 11. One. If you click that link, you can just read right along with me. I'm going right down the road from the website. Now the people became like those who complain of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Numbers 11.3. So the name of that place was called Taborah because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Leviticus 9.24. Then fire came out from the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the portions of fat on the altar. And when the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Judges 6.1, then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. 1 Kings 18.38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up all the water that was in the trench. First Chronicles 21, 26. Then David built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And he called to the Lord and he answered him with fire from heaven. 
on the altar of the burnt offering. Second Kings first 10, Elijah replied to the captain of 50, if I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Now, when we talk about fire coming from the angel directed the fire with the staff, Elijah called verbally for fire to come down and we're seeing this fire or light, consuming light from heaven. Now, are we talking about a literal flame of fire? Are we talking about intense light that they saw as fire? Did they see a transporter beam? There's a, a story in the Bible when Samson was told, when his mother was told he was about to be born and an angel came down to get the sacrifice or uh, to talk to her and there was a sacrifice the sacrifice went up and the Bible said an amazing thing that the angel went back up into heaven from the same fire that came down and took the sacrifice. So we're not always only talking about a destructive fire. We're talking about a transport, transportative, if that's even a word, fire. Lisa, what do you think? See, in my mind, for some reason, I always see it. You ever watch Thor and Thor comes in the, with the lightning bolt? I always imagined it's something like that. And it was a mode of transportation. Hmm. Do you think that when the, the fire comes down to the altar and takes the bread and the meat, do you think that it's being transported somewhere? Yes. Or that it's being now... Definitely. Oh no, Lisa, you 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 might have people in your town listening to this and catch you in the grocery store. Like she said, you know, God had like a transporter being like God is like Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock beaming up food or something. Like, you know, your opinion could get you in trouble in your church. You know what? <laughs> I'll keep it at a hundred. I'll keep it so real. <laughs> it ain't nothing I ain't said before, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I used to be the church secretary, so <laughs> okay. Hey, you know, I don't have no problem speaking what's on my mind. So <laughs> speak, sister, speak. I um don't let me make you nervous about that because when I was in a oh. church one time, I spoke about the books of Enoch and I kind of got hushed up real quick. Anytime I spoke, even on uh, Abrahamic based uh, text that weren't in the Bible like because if you read the books of Enoch you know there's all kind of aliens up in there they mm -hmm. flying over here and flying over there and doing this and doing that but they left all of that stuff out I wonder why missing books because I think I might have sent you this earlier the um, one about how the Bible might have been tainted, certain parts of it, the New Testament, when it was rewritten. I started to read a piece of that. I'm well, started to two hours and 11 minutes worth of, of yeah. talk. I want to hear it. Yeah, I didn't finish it today either. But how far did you get? Not very far. <laughs> but, you know, this is stuff we've been talking about before. And they could say that the Bible is translated by people who were chosen translated, 
those people always have their own opinions. They always have their own agendas. Regardless, I can, I want to be unbiased. That doesn't mean that my line of thinking is totally unbiased. And so therefore, when I translate something, my thoughts and feelings are going to be translated along with it. Like it was another video I didn't post, but um, it was when it's saying man and he, was it meaning man, including man and woman, since woman was made from man, or was it literally meaning man? And that's all been left up to, to the interpreter to interpret. So that kind of thing. I think you brought up a, a nice can of worms I want to dig into. I, I, I'm appreciating you opening that door because when we talk about uh, femininity and masculinity in the Bible, uh, women are kind of, you know, y'all come up short, you know, in, in patriarchy. And honestly, when you look at other versions of Christianity back in the day, at the same time, Catholicism was being engineered and brought to the forefront. Women were basically equal to men, if not even further along in the faith. Mm -hmm. So why the, the, the control of keep, keeping the women on the back burner and they can't do or say anything or be a part of the church when aren't we supposed to be equals? You just told me, you better let her talk. And I'm like, yeah, she right, but I'm just clowning right now. But real talk, real talk. I mean, in the real world, even back then in ancient Egypt and stuff, they were rulers. So why would you not be equal? Mm -hmm. I mean, you were running stuff, so you can't run stuff and not be allowed to talk at the That's same right. time. That's right. That's right. Come on, you, you want to say something else. Come on, Lisa, come on, bring it. I'll just go stop there because um, you know I'm big in ancient Egypt. And look, you know I'm trying to stay on topic. <laughs> so Come on now we can float around. Let's let's keep it real. We can float yeah, around. I know where I'm at. I got my notes. We can get back to it. Okay. I mean, you got the other thing that's just eating on me that I didn't want to get into right now because I didn't want to go. Come is, on, bring how old is the Bible? Let's be for real. How old is the Bible supposed to be? Well, according to actual years, I think there I'm this is a guess. I'm not an expert. I think they're saying we're about six to 7,000 years in from the beginning of mankind. Okay. Oh, I didn't mean to go off. Go ahead. Oh, you go right ahead. Go right ahead. So when I sent you my DNA results and I showed you my oldest ancestor, what did that say? Between 8,000 BC and 10,000 BC? You're going deep now. You're going real deep because that's just our history. Other histories in the world say they go way further back than that. They even right. have carbon dating that goes further back than yeah, that. Yeah, you know, mine went back to, that was actually what, ancient Egypt, some of the Moors that immigrated into Spain, um, some of the African tribes, even there was some Hungarian and um, Asian. The cons, was it the cons? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But, so you really telling me that mankind is supposed to be, I'm a, however years old, but you got DNA going back before them. And keep in mind, 
and you know I'm going a whole different route, since I'm already negative, we can't go back to saying your DNA came from the monkey because we already found out that ain't the case when you're already negative. So, <laughs> because you don't have the Reese's gene. Okay. So, um, and where does the Bible, I mean, how many other books were written before the Bible that are almost identical to the Bible? You talking about Sumerian, the the tablets? Yeah, well, those and what was it like? How many different places? I mean. <laughs> okay, if like you want to break ground there, if you want to break ground there, Lisa, you already know. That's your thing. So. The, the Sumerian, that's where, look, that's, look, Abraham's dad was a, was a Nahor. He got called out of Sumer. Sumerians, the, the, what is it? What's the Bible story about the, 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 the Sumerian? What is the story? The kind Sumerian, the South of Sumerian, um, the good Samaritan, the good Samaritan. Thank that's you. all that whole area, Lisa. I guess saying, keep in mind when I did my DNA, did I not show you that part too? So. I'm just going to be quiet and let you run right now because you, you got a lot on your mind and I want to hear it. Go ahead. My thing is, now you know I'm a Christian, church secretary, all that kind of thing. Yeah, come on. That's right. And I've told people, and my big thing is, would it be so terrible, like, I read today they were saying if you believe in aliens that's a different type of religion not necessarily not if it corresponds with everything you already believe like like i said if god's an alien he's still god at the end of the day it's not like we took your whole different whole entire belief system and dumped it in the toilet and making you believe something different we're not saying god's not god because he's still god at the end of the day so how does that really affect your religion who told you that who who, who questioned you it was someone you know because you're angry about that who, who'd you talk to about that who was it oh that was a long time ago look i've been mad, mad about that for years <laughs> i just i could feel it i could feel your anger through the screen you know how i am when things logically make sense and when you not hear the logic behind it <laughs> so. amen for that lisa because it's got to make sense even in our religion and one thing that the guy said with the video you sent me about has the Bible been New Testament been corrupted? What mm -hmm. then he said, prepare for intellectual, what did he say he called it? I don't know if it's intellectual criticism or just intellectual conditioning. Like if we're gonna talk about this, let's talk about it openly, basically objectively. And it's like, you don't wanna hear some minister holding the Bible on you, you're going to hell if you, oh, come on, man. Let's adults. Let's 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 dice this up and look for the facts. You and I have talked before, and I'm like, how if we can't prove Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. if we can't prove a whole lot of things, then basically this is a faith-based religion. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you feeling in your heart and you know God's moving in your life, and there's the supernatural occurrences, and that's your faith, that's your belief. Let no one take that from you. That's okay. your belief. But where we come to logical, rational human beings is, you know, you'll have someone with a Bible in hand. This is true. This is a fact. This actually happened. Okay, show me Adam and Eve. Okay, now the one thing I'm really going to hit you with is uh, 
show me God and I'll wait. Mm -hmm. And you know, my other thing is, we talked about this last week. The Jehovah's Witnesses believe there are 100,000 slots in heaven. Mm -hmm. The 144,000? Yeah. Okay. So, are you trying to tell me that there's already not 144,000 people slated to go to heaven? And then... I love where this is going. It's Like I said last week, is paradise a different place than heaven? Are there different... Well, Lisa, I think in order to get into that kind of discussion, we're going to need someone that knows ancient Hebrew and would be able to translate the text the way they were supposed to be because there's the esoteric and the exoteric. And I think when we see the Bible, we're getting the outer teaching. We're not getting the inner teaching because even Jesus was saying, I'm telling y'all stuff that everybody else can't hear, but I'm letting you know. And then he spoke to them in parables and he would say, for either he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Mm -hmm. So if you had to really search for God, you had to dig deep and listen and pray for understanding to get the meaning of the verse of what he was speaking in allegory and metaphor. So Jesus is a deep brother and he was a speaker as well. He spoke to thousands of people all over the place. But his teaching, the one thing that gets me is everybody says, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm saying this, that, and the other. But Jesus didn't come to the world. If you really read the scriptures, he didn't even come to the people next door to them. It's like if Jesus came to Las Vegas, he said, Henderson people, this message is not for you. This message is for my people and my people alone. So while everybody's like, I'm Christian, I'm this, I'm that, and the other, this was for Israel. This was for the people of Abraham. So for people that want to be Jewish, they want to be Muslim, and you want to be Christian, it's like, was this teaching even for you? Mm -hmm. you, you see what I'm saying? Was this even, even for if, the other thing? Is even if it was for them, everybody that said they're Christian ain't a Christian anyway. I'm down here, baby. I'm here. <laughs> everybody that said they're Christian is not a Christian. We got some want to be Christians running around. I mean, you can look at the news and tell that. Mm. But um, just because you say you're a Christian, you're not a Christian. If you were, the world wouldn't be in the shape it's in right now. You're going deep. We're going to have to talk after this show, Lisa. This, this, is, this is deep. This, this might even be too deep for our podcast, but we're going Last week, um, we talked about the, the experiment. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it, son. Last week, we talked about the experiment with Einstein and the, the USS Eldridge. Mm -hmm. Now, do you see how the Bible verses spoke about the dense cloud. Now, if I read a little further, I think it's even a verse that says, keep the people back. Don't come in this cloud. Don't, yes, don't do I'm it. assuming that if they came in the cloud, they were going to be burnt. I don't think it's that they would be burnt. I think it's that they wouldn't have protection from the cosmic radiation that comes involved when you're dealing with energy beings. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with intense radiation, dealing with people that are a light that you can't even look at. They're, they're vibrating at such a, a high intensity of purity that we can't even begin to look at them. We can't even stare at the sun without doing this. We can't look at the gods, the Elohim, the angels, the most high God. Can't even bear to look at them in our human eyes. And I think that's why Moses came out and his, his face, he was transfigured. 
he's shown. Even uh, the mountain trans transfiguration was it um, where uh, Peter went up the mountain and Jesus was talking to Enoch and um, Elijah and someone else on top of the mountain. And he saw their real bodies. He saw their energy bodies of what they looked like. And he was so overwhelmed. He was like, master, do we build a temple for one for all of you? You know, he was overwhelmed of he saw what he would eventually turn into. Because even Jesus says that when people die, they become like the angels. But here's the second part of my discussion. Do we become like the angels? You know where I'm going with this. Or do we become like aliens? Now. Yeah. So, my thought on this is you are, I mean, you have a physical body, but you are energy. When your physical body is gone, energy does not die. So is what he saw the light. I mean, you've seen videos where the energy is in the light and it's energy and you're lit up and well, the energy's lit up. So is that what you're becoming? Your in energy form or your spiritual, I'll call it your spiritual form, which doesn't have a physical body or your soul, it could be your soul. Because I know a lot of people who study metaphysics always tell me, you know, you're going to die, but you're still going to be around because your energy and your energy is never going to die. So you technically you're never going to die. And is that why when some people die, there are ghosts? Mm. Because that's their energy that's left behind. And I mean, they, I believe that sometimes it happens so fast they don't realize that they're dead. Or sometimes they just decide, I ain't going nowhere. I'm just going to be here. They're and not done. Yes. And is the reason why you can have people come out and cleanse the house and bless the house and tell them to leave is because you're calling on God to remove them from that space that they should no longer occupy that they don't know they are supposed to not supposed to be in right anymore. And he takes them to a higher level. I don't know if it's like your your video feed. I thought I saw something move over there to your left, right around the arm part of your chair when you were talking. I wouldn't be surprised. It could just be the light or your kids walking by a shadow or something. Not everybody sleep. It's just me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. But remember, leave that. I guess, uh, remember I was talking about the other day when we left out to get McDonald's, came back, there was paint all over the place. <laughs> Chris said um, Sunday night and last night, his picture fell off the wall for no reason. Mm. Both nights. And it's been there for months. At the same time the paint was in here, Jaden said back in his room, there was like some kind of syrupy sauce on his laptop and his dresser which was weird because he was gone all weekend so nobody was back here actually i went back there friday night and i was like hey dude your heater was turned over why's your heater turned why do you leave your heater turned over and it's plugged up he was like it wasn't plugged up when I, I mean it was turned over when i left but 
things like that happen around here. Like when Mary was talking about the old house, the mm -hmm. old house is across the street from this house where she had posted about um, and said I knew about the old house. Yeah, that's I the house across the street. That's why I was saying that um, all this is battlefield land from the Civil War. Okay. So, I mean, we're like less than a mile and a half. It might not even be that far from the Spotsylvania battlefield. Then we have the Fredericksburg battlefield. We have Chancellor. How far from Chancellor are you? Um, it takes about five minutes, maybe seven. You that close? Yeah. Just they still got the camp campground? You mean um the wilderness? Yeah. Yeah. I used to go camping there when I was a kid. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. It was lots of fun. Wow. Yeah, I've only been back there a couple of times. Um because my cousins used to play basketball back there. Mm. But yeah, the um, Spotsylvania battlefield is like maybe a mile. Where's my pen? Okay, I, don't know if you can okay hear um, I heard you. Um, uh, there's a couple other things we'll talk about. Um, have you are familiar, we talked about Enoch a little bit, but how familiar are you with his story outside of the Bible? I'm not. Okay. Um, his name is Enoch. I think they call it Hanak or Chanak in actual Hebrew. I, I don't know. One of those. And I think it means teacher or dedicated. Uh, that's what I got from the internet. And there's only two verses mentioned of this man in the Bible. And one of them is in Genesis 5.21. Uh, chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, I believe. And it just simply says a summary of um, Enoch was and he was not. It always tripped me out how they worded that. He was, but then he wasn't. And it says, um, whoever that is, can they turn that down, please? Mark Hira? Or Shay, all right, thank you, son. It says that he was and he was not, for God took him. Like basically he walked with God. God took him. He walked with God. Mm -hmm. Now, when it says God took him, if we say, okay, is God an extraterrestrial and God took him, there's also a place where um, in the Bible where Ezekiel is taken up in the whirlwind. He was taken. That's two occurrences where people were literally removed from the planet by God. Mm -hmm. And Moses walks into a, a cloud with God. Like, how deep is that? So when we talk about modern day occurrences. It reminds of me of alien being, abductions. I'm sorry? It reminds me of alien abductions. You could call it that. You could call it that. But... In this, uh, the book of Enoch, that's outside of the Bible in the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm -hmm. the angels come down, there's two angels, come down, pick up Enoch. They take him up into the upper heavens above the earth. They show him how the sun comes in and the moon goes out, the seasons and the earth. They show him where hell is at, uh, where different levels of hell is at. And he was so afraid that he saw beings that could turn from physical form to energy form and back and forth. They shape-shifted how they wanted to. And they showed him all this stuff. And then they took him before the most high God. And they gave him, I think they anointed him with some sweet oil or something. So 
so that he could stand in the presence of the most high God, so that he could actually be in this part of heaven. Here's the trippy part that tripped me out. When they take him back down to his grandson, I think uh, Methuselah or one of, one of his grandsons, when they take him back to earth, they say, we must freeze your face, literally freeze his face. And it's, he says, why do you do that? And he's like, because you couldn't withstand this trip if I didn't like, uh, I want to say it was old language for suspended animation to take him back to the earth. And then he gave whatever teaching he was supposed to give to his sons and uh, his family members to teach them about God and what's happening, what's really going on and give them insight. And the two angels told him, we're gonna come back and pick you up. You're not gonna be here anymore. And then we're gonna take you back up into the heavens. And they came and got him. And then we have the verse, he was and he was not, for God took him, he walked with God. How deep is that? Does that mean that he left his physical body behind and became this energy spiritual being? No, he literally left in his physical body. They took him in whatever transportation they had and took him up above the earth into the highest upper heavens to go be in this body. Hmm. But then they transported him while they were there into another body. So he probably didn't have a human form anymore, but this is what this book literally says. Like I'm summarizing, but this is basically what it says. Enoch was basically a, a mediator between the fallen angels and the, the good angels that were on God's side. And then the fallen angels were so distraught that they had disobeyed God and went into earth women and they knew the most high God was gonna get that ass. And then the good angels were like, Lord, you see what they're tripping down on the earth? You see what they're doing? And he said, go and bind them. And he said, and, and hide them in the earth. And basically, uh, the good angels came down and took the band, uh, bad angels and bound them hand and foot. It said, I think, for 70 generations before they would be loosed again. So you have inside of the earth somewhere. We don't even know how big the earth is because they won't let us go past the, the, the poles. You're not allowed to go in that area. See, now, I know I've sent you, look, I send you a lot of stuff, but do you remember the one about the guy who flew the airplane through the North Pole into the center of the earth and saw the alien? Yes. 1920s. Yes. And he actually wrote all this stuff and then they tried to make him out to be crazy, kind of, and it, it wasn't true. Mm. And see, that goes and touches on what I was saying about conspiracy theories. It's no such thing. It's either a theory and every time somebody tells something, they try to make it sound like they're crazy. You don't make it sound like as far as aliens and UFOs, they were conspiracy theorists and then they were crazy. They were discredited. People lost their careers, scientists, X, Y, Z. And now all of a sudden the baby's coming out. Oh, by the way, yeah, we got three UFOs, at least three UFOs on film. Mm. So guess what? They weren't crazy all along. Mm -hmm. It was just a cover up. Mm hmm. Digging into something deeper. Um, now, that's Enoch. Now, I told you about the fire from heaven and the link is on the page. Now, here's another thing I want to look at. Uh, let me see. Um, I'm going to come out of Facebook. I'm just going to Google Job. Are you familiar with the story of Job? 
No. Okay, Job was a wealthy man. Um, and basically, uh, the sons of God went to present themselves before the Lord uh, in heaven. And God and Lucifer or Satan were discussing his servant Job and how righteous he is. And so Lucifer tested God and said, well, you know, Lord, you know, he said, well, where have you been? He's talking, I guess, Lucifer is one of his sons, the sons of God, you know, or, or created by him. So they were all called sons of God, I believe. And, and Lucifer's like, well, I've been in the earth walking up and down in it. And if you know the word Lucifer means, uh, I mean, Satan means adversary. It means against. So he's resisting. So he talks about his, God's talking about his good servant. And Lucifer's like, you know, the only reason why he's that good is because you put a hedge protection around him. But I bet you, if you let me get at him, he, you know, he, he curse you to your face and, and all kind of stuff. I'm summarizing the story, but it's, it's a lot deeper. So God says, okay, you can have your way with him, but you cannot take his life. Now, here's the interesting part. In the beginning of this uh, podcast, I showed you all of these verses. I read verse after verse after verse after verse about fire, fire from heaven. Now, let me read you this. Okay. Okay. Now, this is just jumping into the middle of the story. While he was still speaking, and this is Job chapter 1, verse 16. Another messenger arrived with his news, and the fire of God had fallen from heaven, has fallen from heaven, and burned up your sheep and all of the shepherds. I am the only one escaped who escaped to tell you. Now, this says, fire of God has fallen from heaven. Now, who was using this power? Was it Lucifer? Was it God? Was it another angel? Is this a tractor beam that all of the Elohim have access to? But whoever this is, when God says, I'll let you loose on him, basically, the fire from came from heaven. It says the fire from God came from heaven. Now, Lisa, how many verses did I read that said the fire from heaven, the fire, the fire, the fire from heaven? So you mean to tell me that basically, sit down, baby. You basically tell me that Lucifer had access to this energy and was able to destroy all of Job's family, his crops, I believe, his animals, everything he had using this fire. Now, as logical people, we have to ask ourselves. I'm going to throw one more verse in there before I ask this question. Mm -hmm. Now, we all know if you grew up in Sunday school in the church, you know that God asked Moses to come to the mountain and build the temple so that my people can come worship me. That's all a given. We already know that. Now, later in the Bible, it says in uh, one of the J J Jeremiah or one of the big prophet books like Isaiah, God says, who told you that? God is quoted himself basically saying, who told you to do this? Who told you? I never spoke to your ancestors about doing this when they came out of the land of Egypt. I never talked to them about sacrificing none of that. Now, clearly it's a contradiction. It says this earlier. Well, you're going to build this. You're going to build it like that. Do what I said. Come over here and 
and put these animals on there because I need some sweet baby rays on my like sweet baby rays on my now I'm talking crap. You know what I mean? But I, I, I like barbecue sauce on, on my my sacrifice. Now you know he didn't say that, God. I'm just doing extra. But the point is we have to take that God likes barbecue, oil and wine and flour on his meat. And he wants it all the time for the forgiveness of sins. And it's a sweet favor to the Lord. Then we see the fire from heaven was possibly used by someone that is not a friend to mankind. Now. Yes. Please take over here. Please. Please take over here. Started. Hey, baby. A lot of other religions have multiple gods. So if there are multiple gods, wouldn't they have access to the same sort of power and technology? Not only that, and when you talked about sacrifice, it just dawned something on me, like the ancient Mayans, the Incas, they actually sacrificed people. Now, I know you see those videos that we bypass talk about the reptilians or the aliens came to earth and are have the illuminati sacrificing people and whatnot and whatever so they can eat so what if this all goes back to when the ancient incas mayans whoever else were sacrificing people and this is the real reason why they were sacrificing them people not only that but i lost my train of thought i was thinking about something before i even went there but um it would have to be someone or something godly in order for moses to be listening to him as if he was god and for god to be like dude what are you doing no, I didn't tell you that. Somebody had to tell him. Now, as far as Satan and the fire they killed the herd, what if when God said, you can get at him, basically, more or less, the power that was taken from Satan was get, given back to him in order to prove that the belief in Job was unfaltering. If that makes sense. I'm listening to you, I'm reading. Uh, it says um, different verses. Um, For they have done outrageous things in Israel. They have spoken words that I did not command them to speak and I know what they have done. I didn't command them to do this. I know what they have done. Jeremiah 29, 23. Uh, Jeremiah 19, 15. They have built the high places of Baal to burn um, their children with fire for a holocaust to Baalim, which I did not command nor speak. Uh, First Chronicles, but he did not number Levi and Benjamin among them. Uh, let me see. Uh, I am indeed. I am against those who prophesy false. 
the Lord and related them and led my people astray by their falsehoods and reckless boasting. Yet I did not send them or command them, nor do they furnish. And it keeps going and going. Uh, they came in and took possession of it, but they possessed it, but they obeyed not my voice and they walked not in the law and they did not do any of the things of those things that thou didn't command them to do. Like it just is so much. It's like, it, it's, it's ridiculously like if you read the Old Testament, the people of Israel were constantly worshiping other gods. They were constantly battling with their faith and their religion to their one true God, Yahweh. And they were constantly going against them and receiving harsh punishment for it. Like there's one occurrence in the Bible where an angel of the Lord or an alien came down and destroyed like pretty much an entire army overnight alone. You know, so what are we talking about here? And if you, you talk about angels and aliens, I think we're only talking about semantics. I don't think there's a difference. Well, I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to look it up. It was, I believe when we're talking about the Nephilim, somebody didn't had a problem with the people and wanted to destroy the people. And it caused a war. And I can't remember exactly how it went. I'm not sure if it was the Nephilim or the Anunnaki or we gonna say the Nephilim until I find it. Okay. But I don't know if you remember, we talked about that. At, we touched on that a couple weeks ago. Let me see if it was the battle over the Nephilim. Uh, Okay, and Genesis 6-4 were the giants on the earth. I think we we're talking about where they came from. And they were there before the flood. I found the verse I was looking for, the King James Version. Okay. It's Jeremiah verse 7, uh, chapters, chapter 7, verse 22. For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. So what were they doing out there? For what, for who, and who said it? There's no. a major... That's a good question. I can't find what I'm looking for for nothing. What what is it? Uh, give me a rough estimate, and maybe we can find uh, it. I thought it was in Genesis, but it was about the the giants, and I can't even remember if it was in the Bible or not, or if it was in something else already. But when the giant, um, there were the giants, and somebody wanted to destroy the giants because I can't remember why, and it caused a war. This was in Genesis. I thought it was. It might not have been because you know I read. I jump all over the place when I read, like I do when I talk. So that's why I'm drawing a blank on it because I don't see it where I thought it was. So we're gonna say it's not in the Bible. Okay. But if you find it later, just just post it. We'll post it for our listeners. Okay. 
Let me check our Facebook real quick and see uh, see where we're at. I can't tell if anybody's listening or not on our Zoom. Yeah, I can go on Facebook and look. Let's see. Um, Let's see who's left on here. We have one viewer that I can see. See, I can't see how many viewers we have. Okay, thank you, one viewer. Appreciate it. Yes, so. It's 11 o'clock. Thank you, computer. <laughs> I'm trying to see who our one viewer is because it sometimes tells me who they are. Yes, so. And now it wants to talk to it's me. It's 11 o'clock. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now let me see who the viewer is. But um, obviously there was somebody that had a problem with the humans or the, I'll say the mortals. Okay. There were issues before that about how they were created to start with. Okay. They caused problems because they were not, in my mind, they were never supposed to exist in the first place. Who was that? I'm sorry. I heard I was. Oh, um, the giants. Okay. And since they they were never supposed to exist, then it would make sense that someone was trying to sabotage them once they got here. But if that was the case, couldn't they have just gotten rid of everybody in one sweep? Or did, is, is it that they didn't want, to want God to know what they were trying to do? And were they po was there something posing as God? And that's why you have these mixed messages being sent. In the in the story of um, I think it was Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. At the last minute, uh, a voice comes out and says, "Abraham, no, don't do it." And he he takes him down because he was going to be obedient. But the part that gets me is people say, well, God knows everything. But that verse says immediately, basically, uh, God was allowing Abraham to fully go complete with this sacrifice, even though he didn't want him to do it, just to see, would he do it? So if God already knows everything, why did he have to do that? Right, and that was what, I was wondering about because I know people always talk about God's testing you, God's testing you, but He already knows how it's going to come out. So what's the test for? Actually, what's your entire life for? Because <laughs> now you know we've touched on. I don't know if I touched on it with you. I touched on. I touched on a lot of stuff with a lot of people. Go put that down. Go put that back in the kitchen. <laughs> Go ahead, Granddad. I'm gonna tell Nana. I'm gonna tell Nana. Okay. Oh, it's okay. I tell that. <laughs> Babe. He down here with your tongs in his hand. Go, go show Nana. Go show Nana. Go give it to Nana. 
Mark, that baby said he's not worried about you. <laughs> he's going, he going upstairs. He he really taking it upstairs. Mm, he, <laughs> I'm 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 pop pop. <laughs> uh, but I've talked to I forgot what we're he saying. bringing it. Sorry, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I'm not sure if I talked to you about it or not. What was the last thing you said? Oh, uh, he need to take them tongs upstairs. Not before the tongs. We were talking about uh, Abraham and Isaac and did God know everything? Oh, okay. Now, you know, I've mentioned this before. Um, so what if we are really just living in a matrix type simulation? Or basically, I know you've heard those flat earthers talking about we live in a dome. Remember the show Under the Dome? <laughs> where Dude, there was finish it, but I remember that. Um, I didn't finish it either. Um, but I remember they were under the dome and it was some kind of alien manipulation that was basically they were in the matrix and the aliens were basically mapping the entire thing out like a game from what the kids told me. That's how they told me it ended. But so What's to say that's not true? If you look at our reality, like uh, our reality, mm -hmm. and then look at the scientific, like through strong microscopes, nothing has any solid mass. No. It's almost like it's impossible for this to be. So when I question, um, God and, and aliens and what are we doing here? I don't think this is sacrilegious at all. I think it's common sense to ask, you know, if I'm stuck in a jar, how am I going to get out if I don't ever think that there's a jar there? Right. I'm like, well, something's wrong. Something's tragically wrong here. Right. And I mean, I was thinking about this last week because, you know, I do the homeschool. And um, my friend's son was doing matter and he was explaining to me about how matter works and how it's solid because of how tightly the molecules are together so it just got me thinking can mount is that even possible to be packed that tightly and because of course molecules move i mean you've seen it under a microscope things move so wouldn't it realistically mean that this is my desk but my desk has billions of molecules, but some of them are moving even ever so slightly. Shouldn't there be some change? Like I set my bowl of soup down here on the second shelf and it left a indentation from where my soup was. So. You have weight course, and mass. Right. So my laptop weighs more than that soup. So why is there not an indentation where my laptop's sitting there right now? I think because of the flatness of, of the of the undersurface it's on and the, the equal uh, distribution of the weight. And if you're in a bowl, it's kind of center focused, centrical, and the, the weight is like, uh, Keep it by mind, the circle. The other weird thing is Chris leans on my desk <laughs> because, because he's 12 and he's Chris. And 
It doesn't break. It doesn't shift. But my bowl shifted. And I'm assuming it's because it was hot. <laughs> I'm assuming maybe it didn't have anything to do with weight. But to me, it just doesn't make sense in my head. Now, people go through a lot of s stuff. I'm trying not to cuss tonight. Why? Why are some people's lives harder than other people's lives? Why is it that everyone isn't afforded the same benefits? Matter of fact, why is it that everybody doesn't look like? I'm just saying, God created everybody. Why is everybody looking to? If everyone came from Adam and Eve, shouldn't everybody be remotely similar in the way they look? I have an answer for that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, Okay, before I get to that, facts. Can we prove God factually? No. Can we prove the devil? No. Okay. Can we prove heaven? No. Can we prove hell? No. Okay, yet and still, we have religion upon religion, based on religion upon religion of follow, faithful followers of things that we know we can't prove. Mm -hmm. in hard evidence, but we do it anyway. Here's something I found interesting from Jainism and Buddhism. I believe it's Jainism I'm getting this from. They have what's called the 24 Tirthankaras. The Bible, there are 24 elders. The Bible speaks of the 24 elders in heaven. Mm -hmm. These are the 24 elders in their religion. Now, they don't believe that there was ever a creation. They don't believe that anything was ever created. They think that everything always was. It's eternal. There is no creator God. Things just are. Now, these 24 Tirth and Kars are people that have elevated and manifested past physical form and elevated into the upper heavens of bliss and peace. And basically, they believe that karma, and I believe Buddhism believes this too, karma is a physical subatomic particle that when you make a decision that goes against basically righteousness of goodness towards humanity or yourself, these particles attach to your soul. They stay there and you have to give account for that karma. I've seen in Christian theology and books outside the Bible, I believe they say, basically everything is written down in books, books in your body, books in heaven, uh, they spoke about the, the book of life. The kismic but yeah. altar. Remember I mentioned that? Remember I mentioned I had a kismic record reading? Okay. And they said it's from all your past lives and your current life. And they read all your different books. Mm -hmm. So if we're basically walking books and we have a, a, I told you I could corner eye and see my, my yellow gold energy come out of my body, my basically my nails. Mm -hmm. If I have a light body inside of this body, I know that. Factual, seen it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, not the whole thing, but just the emanation out of the uh, coming from me. So I'm like, okay, if I'm more than this, whatever I do attaches to me, good or bad. So when Jesus says, you cannot be forgiven for blaspheming the Holy Spirit in this life or the next, or when Jesus says that basically John the Baptist was Elijah reincarnated, he was, reincar he was basically in the spirit of Elijah. 
People even asked him, was he Elias? So these people back in those days believed in more lives than this one. So they how, also believed in reincarnation. So how is it that when you speak to people in church these days, they want to be looking at you like you're crazy when you talk about reincarnation? And Paul says one and done. In the New Testament, Paul says to be absent from the body is be one with God, and that's it. Is that you're done once you're done you're getting judged you're going to heaven or hell instantaneously but if you look at the books of enoch there was four different holding places for the souls of mankind there were some people that go to a holding place that's kind of cool until the end of days and if some go to it not so cool kind of holding place so there was like four little they called them like they were like little dugouts little places all the souls gather and hang out till and, the end and then you're also supposed to be in the ground until they wake you up when judgment day come unless you get uh, cremated then you got to really be god to bring them particles back together i just kind of assumed see this is where we get into cremation at because you know my thing is just cremate me i just kind of assumed that when god called you back your particles automatically come back together in the form he wants to see you in. I believe that's possible. But the, the part you were asking me about why are some people this and that, mm -hmm. I believe karma and reincarnation has everything to do with that. Well, that's what was crazy was um, somebody had told me that when I got my kids make reading. I can't prove that either. I can't prove it. Mm -mm. But somebody had told me that when I got my kids big reading to make sure I asked them did I have any past life ties that were restricting me. And I was like, you know, in my head, I was like, don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I'll ask anyway, right? <laughs> so, but I didn't, it didn't make sense to what they were telling me to ask until you just said that. And then they were like, as far as health-wise it's based on some stuff that happened in past lives weight loss is because some stuff that happened in past lives there wasn't anything significantly holding you back that kind of crap well not crap but you know that kind of stuff and you know i might not believe it all but you know i listen but once you start putting things in terms of other things then that makes more sense on why you would need to know if you had these ties to past lives or anything restricting you from your past lives because all your lives are tied together at the end. Once again, I, 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 I study Buddhism. I call myself a, a, a Buddhist. And, but even in Buddhism, there's things that I'm like, okay, I just don't wanna get with, with, with dogma whether it's a theistic religion or a non-theistic religion. So I kind of use the Socratic method to just question things. You know, I doubt so that I can learn. And with, with that being said, it helps me get a healthy perspective of what I believe or not. Because when you look at the, even outside of the Bible, when you look at the, the Quran, when you look at the uh, just Islam, in Islam, the angel Jibriel or Gabriel gave the, the testament or the recitation of which, which basically the Quran means the recitation to the Prophet Muhammad, you know, verbally. 
and then it was written down. But he received this and recited it. There's people that can recite the whole Quran like cover to cover, like from memory, which I think is freaking amazing. You know, but in saying that, he was also taken on a trip. He was taken on a flight, like around the Middle East somewhere. You know, I don't know the whole details, but with the angel Gabriel. Also, in the in the the Mormon religion, they had a, a the angel Moroni or Moroni, I think it's spelled M-O-R-O-N-I. Moroni came from the star cluster Pleiades, came down and said he used to live here on this earth, but now he's an angel up in the upper heavens. And he came to reveal the golden plates to uh, the prophet uh, or their prophetic man, um, Joseph Smith, where the tablets was to start this religion. So here we have an extraterrestrial that says I used to be human, but now he's an angel or alien. And you have Gabriel, an angel or alien. If you look at Jesus, when the star moved, the star moved over Bethlehem, a moving star? Stars don't move like that. They all move together in a cluster. He moved and that was, um, I'm listening. Uh, I think that was Matthew 2, 9. The star moved and said, yeah, he's right over here. Jesus yeah, ascends. They, so you they have followed it. This. They followed the star. They, you know, the Christmas story. With that being said, Lisa, I think we have so much, um, they don't call it, it's not empirical evidence, but it's so much um, circumstantial evidence to say our ancestors said UFOs existed. Our ancestors believed that aliens came down and talked to them. And I wanted to add on to that. Um, in the Southwest, I believe it's in Arizona or New Mexico, there's a tribe called the Hopi Indians. Mm -hmm. And their name, if I, it, it's literally Hopi Tushinumu. It means the peaceful people or the peaceful little ones. They had a deity called Masao. And Masao came and said he was very fearful. And he started out as a skeleton man. But the more they began to talk to him, he also transformed. But they were very afraid of him. And he wanted to teach them a peaceful, humble, agricultural way of life. And all Masao had was a planting stick and a bag of seeds of corn. And to this day, I believe these people are very meticulous about how they live off of their corn. So whoever this uh, deity was to them, this angel, this alien, this person that came from, they said he came from, he was the god of one of the, I think, gods of the underworld. And he came out to teach them this peaceful, loving ministry. And they say these people are just as peaceful and kind to this very day. Mm -hmm. Then you have the Kolkukan and Quetzalcoatl. Uh, a human sacrifice, one of them down in South America, where they was had altars and ripping the hearts out, you know, to, to watch the sun come up. So here you have one, I'm going to just say it, one alien that's teaching one group of people, live peaceful, be humble, be kind, love each other, take care of the earth, live from the earth. And then another one is like, kill everybody, uh, rip their hearts out, sacrifice blood to me, or the sun ain't going to come up tomorrow. You know, it just it's if you look in Asian mythology, they had a, a being, the first emperor, the Jade Emperor, I believe, 
one of his advisors was an alien. And they said that he had a craft that he flew in that he literally took the craft and folded it up in his hand and could put it in his pocket. And then he could take the craft out, put water on it or something, and the craft would open back up and he would get in it and fly away. All this testimony of UFOs, and we haven't even begun to speak on Sanskrit and, and how in, in Indian uh, texts, they literally show and teach how to build a UFO. See, I was just trying to find how many, because there are, I want to say there was, oh my gosh, 12 that I've heard of, there were 12 alien races, but I know there's more than that. The Milky Way could be hiding 36 alien races. That was in the U.S. sun in June. And that's the, in, um, the U.S. sun, the sun.com, the little newspaper thing. Oh, a newspaper. I thought you meant hiding in the sun. No, in the Milky Way. Keep in mind, the Milky Way is just one galaxy. They're saying the closest one is probably 17,000 light years away. But there are probably 36 alien races in the Milky Way. So we, mm. I'm sure some of them are peaceful. Some of them are not so peaceful. I mean, you got to remember what they've been saying for years about the reptilians. And to considering that they're saying that the reptilians are probably the ones that are ruling the earth, they're trying to say. But ironically enough, they try to say it's like the British royal family. And as far as I see, they mind their business, but but of course that could always be a cover. But as far, then that goes back to the people that were saying that the reptilians are eating people undercover and the Illuminati is covering up and bringing them people and all that type of stuff. When you get all off topic from the Bible but I mean, it's just like different races of people. You have cannibalistic tribes. You have cannibalistic people. You have, I mean, let's go even further. You have people in the United States, you have normal people like me and you, or that we would like to think we're normal. Then you have, yeah. you, have you have the people that want to rule everything or the people that think they want to rule everything. And the people who just think they should be in charge. Hmm. Now, if these are all different alien species, then I'm sure they're like different people. We want to run stuff. We don't understand why they're down there running stuff, and they're so beneath us. Let's be for real, because if you're alien and you can travel 17,000, 100,000 light years to come watch us, what are we really doing besides causing chaos and acting like a bunch of fools? And I know if it was me and I was an alien, I'd be like, they don't deserve nothing they got down there because they don't know how to act. Here's one uh, part of religion that I saw is called, the, you might want to Google this. Okay. It's called the Cathars, C-A-T-H-A-R-S. Right over there where you're from, the, the French, uh, in that little weird part of the world of oh negative people. Mm -hmm. and the Bogomils. And these people believe, they're kind of like the Gnostics, I believe. Yes. 
if you know anything about this, they believe that the God in the Bible is actually not the actual real God that, that's actually God, God. Um, they wanna say basically that the God in the Bible is basically hijacked humanity and enslaving humanity and says basically that there's no other God but me, just worship me basically or else. And saying that there is uh, something beyond that and basically it's for us to outgrow religion and learn this truth so that you're not enslaved to keep basically, and this is, I'm speculating right here, uh, to keep being born again, to keep, to, to keep reincarnating. And that falls in the lines of Jainism, Buddhism, and Hinduism. If you keep being born again, you keep coming into this life, but your point, the point of this life is to outgrow this body, to move on to higher levels, to move on to different levels of existence. And one of them even believed that the gods are even born back on earth. The only way that you can elevate into the heavens is through humanity. So even the level of gods or angels, they even marvel at a person that has conquered themselves. And even Jesus says, basically, he wants people to endure to the end. Basically, the man that overcomes. Overcomes what? Yourself. You have to overcome this physical presence that you think is you and become selfless to death to where you're not afraid to die, you're not afraid to give your life for your loved ones or even a stranger, that you outgrow fear and become totally not self-absorbed. You become a what can I give person instead of a what can I take person. And I'm just looking because I was reading about them. I don't know where I read about them at. I'll Google it and find, send you a link if you can't find it. Oh, I found sure. a link, but I'm wondering where else I saw that at. And look, you know, I'm all the way back to ancient DNA. If the, the, the thing that weirds me out about this is just because the Catholics won, does it mean that Catholicism is a fact? Is it true? Because you know, the, 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 the victors write the history. Oh, what does it mean? That just means they had the, bigger, the better army. The better army. But is it true? And that makes me think, did Jesus have kids? Um, is you know, God an Indian? There's rumors about Jesus having kids. Mm -hmm. And let me see. I'm trying to find what I'm looking for because I don't even know if it's in here. But that's the Moors. You test on something that reminded this me of something. Let me see, Egypt. This is what Wikipedia says about the Cathars' belief. Now we're going to read this word for word. Cathars believed that the good God was the God of the New Testament, creator of the spiritual realm, whereas the evil God was the God of the Old Testament, creator of the physical world, whom many Cathars identified as, I'm not going to say that but I think you know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Identified the Old Testament God as the other guy. I'm so spooked, I can't even say it. Mm -hmm. That's my fear of the Lord right there. Buddhists and everything, I'm not even gonna say it, but that's what they believe. 
Hmm. I'm just going to say, hmm. Because they could be full of crap. But I'm just saying there was another belief of early Christianity was not the Christianity that we see today. And I think that if you grew up in the Abrahamic, Abrahamic religion, religion, we owe it to ourselves to investigate these other avenues that the early Christians believed. Explore them, ask questions. Does this make sense to you? And are is Christianity been hijacked and we're just living the McDonald's of Christianity. We're eating the hamburger of Christianity when Christianity was really a juicy steak. And right. we're not getting the steak. We're just eating the Big Mac of Christianity. And maybe it was more than that. You know, why don't we have those superpowers? Why aren't we just healing people? Why aren't we just touching people and things are happening? Why don't we see that today? It's true. The, aren't the lame supposed to walk when we say it? Aren't the blind supposed to see? Aren't we supposed to do more than Jesus? What's blocking that? Or is it being blocked? Or is it our spaces are strong enough? I don't I'm, know. I have questions. I'm, say, I'm wondering if it's the mindset and the belief system. But there has to be some people somewhere that believe they can do that and should be able to. Now, the question is, are there people That'd be awesome. that can do that? Are there monks somewhere? That are capable of doing that type of stuff. But they just hide now. Jesus got blushed. Yeah, because I was gonna say, because let's think about it. A lot of these monks, well, I'm gonna say a lot of these monks, but you know, you've seen documentaries and they're living up in the mountains and they're not talking. And they're only with themselves. So the re why? I mean, they could be down here and not talk and live in their life and still be a monk. Now, is there a reason why they're held up where they're held up at? And is the reason because they know people aren't going to be receptive of the gifts they have to have learned? That's very and interesting. This being for real, people as a whole aren't what we were cracked up to be. Like, what we're saying, like you were saying about the people in the grocery store might look at you funny when you first started, even though you were joking. But it's true. That's like, I can tell people, I went about the ghost now over across the street. Mary can tell you people about the ghost. You know, there's still going to be people to tell you, it's going to tell us that ain't never happened, <laughs> even though we both know what happened. And have other witnesses. It didn't happen. Like I watched this show. I think it's a show that, um, like, first responders and ghosts or things like that. And one man, that there were two police officers, and this guy's like me and my partner. We went in there and we saw this, and we came out and said we were never going to speak on it again. The other cop talked about that didn't happen. Hmm. And what did happen, it couldn't have been that. It must have been the wind blowing through the window or something. Keep in mind, they're talking about going into school because the alarm went off and everything in the classroom was spinning around in circles. And it was like a wind that was like storing them up against the wall. But in this man's mind, he's convinced himself that that didn't happen. He don't know what he talked about, even though we were both in there together. It was just the wind. Because, you know, I was watching the show thinking, what kind of wind they got in that school? 
because <laughs> but if I knew that I had those type of gifts, even though you know I talk about a lot of stuff, I would protect those gifts as if I had won the lottery. And I would go off by myself with my family and my peoples and not tell nobody either. Because, I mean, let's be for real. You're going to have scientists probing you, trying to get in your head, probably trying to do a lobotomy and some more stuff, trying to figure out what makes you tick. You make a lot of sense when you say that because any poor aliens that get caught by the United States Army is going 50, 50 floors underground in Area 51 to get studied. Well, let's be for real. Even with the arsenic blood, they've been tracking us since birth. For mm -hmm. no reason. I mean, they don't say they track you. The only reason we know is because there's records, you know. <laughs> but there's studies like, what was it, the um, remote viewing and some of the psychic studies that they think people with Rh negative blood types and O negative blood are both more capable of having these psychic abilities. So keep in mind, they're tracking you from birth without your parents knowing, without anybody else knowing. And I think I might have, I know I mentioned it to at least one other person, I might have mentioned it to you. I would like to know how many of these missing people have negative blood types. Because they might not be missing. The government might not know, might know exactly where they're at, and that might be why you can't find them because the government got them. It's, I mentioned it to Brian. That's who I mentioned it to. Okay. My one of the things that kind of tripped me out in the Bible was when Jesus cursed the fig tree. Like he spoke to it, and that tree just dried up. In the the I don't know if you ever looked it up, but the Gospel of the Essenes, Book One. Um, it's said that Jesus was one of the, um, groups of, of people that were not mentioned in the Bible. You have the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees are the only two groups of priests that you hear about. But there was another group that was out in the desert called the Essenui or the Essenes, the healers. And they said that Jesus was one of these people. And that's maybe just my speculation that where he disappeared to for years of his life out in Egypt. And it's also a story that Jesus went to go study with the monks in India. Like, where is these missing years of Jesus and where was he? But when he came back to the temple, he spoke and was like, I'm going to be about my father's business. And he spoke like a grown man with authority that knew what he was saying and how he was saying it. That uh, he healed the bird and that Jesus could heal people. Like, he had these powers maybe before uh his cousin uh john the baptist dunked him under the water and baptized him and brought him back up i don't know if it was like before or after i don't know but at the same time you're talking about someone that is so mentally pure i'm not talking physically pure i'm talking in self-control of his thoughts self-control of his mind and self-control of the words that he says out of his mouth and he could not be tempted by the lust of women. He could not be tempted by the greed of money. He could not be tempted by the lust for power. He could not be tempted with war or violence. He was a pure hearted person. And I think 
this gives you insight to his ability to, to heal. But this book said he was healing people through eating pure energy food. Back East, they have a, um, you could Google this. There's a preacher in North Carolina and the church is called, it's called the Hallelujah Diet, where they eat only raw vegan foods and they're curing people of so much stuff just through diet alone. Hard thing to do probably, but if you wanted to heal yourself, vegetarian, vegan is more the way to go because you're, you're vibrating at a high vibration. If you wanted to make somebody sick, and I mean a whole planet of people, how would you do it? Maybe food choices. Food choices. If God in the Bible, Yahweh, uh, and, and this is kind of like I don't believe everything the Cathars are saying, like, oh, he was just evil. I don't believe that. I think that God in the Bible is misunderstood because we're not vibrating in a high enough a purity vibration to even understand where he or she is coming from. That this, this deity that we call God is vibrating so pure that we can't get it. And that's our job is to get to that higher vibration. And if God in the Bible says, I'm Yahweh and I change not, his first commandment uh, to mankind about dietary practices wasn't to eat certain types of meats. The first commandment was to eat fruits and herbs. That was the original diet of mankind. If you eat that, I guarantee you for two days or one week, you're gonna be like, let's go for a run. I've done this before. Like I really, like at, at, I was like 315 pounds jogging four miles and walking four miles in the same day. Like fat guy scooting, like on energy. So there's something to that. So I can't believe even the Cathar is saying, oh, this, this guy is evil. Why would you say something so pure? Mm -hmm. I told you I when think I would stop eating meat, it would just be an improvement. Even if, even though it's not every day, it's like a couple of days a week. Mm -hmm. The more living food you take in, think about it. God is the God of the living, not the dead. So if we're talking about God, if we stop thinking who and start thinking what and how and saying, what if God is also the energy that's in living food? So, okay, if God is the God of the living, then alcohol is dead. Fruit juice is alive. See the difference? Mm -hmm. You know, if we cooked that, if, if we looked at food, if we lived outside without fire, what would you eat? Would you eat rice? No, you can't cook that. You can't just eat that raw. Would you eat certain uh, wheat or any of that? You're like, how could you cook that? In this book, the Gospel of the Essenes, he shows them how to sprout it and then mush it and then make a patty out of it and leave it on a rock in the sun and then shoo the birds away and flip it over. He said, do not cook your food past the fire of the sun. He called the other fire, basically the fire of, of the devil, basically in so many words. And he said, this destroys you and causes you to have basically cravings of unnaturalness and the devil lives inside you as basically the San Francisco researcher called it sugar worms are in the gut. When we die and they cut us open, it's all kind of parasites in us constantly pulling from our blood, making us sick. But they don't want to tell you that. But the more pure you eat, I think the more closer you are to God. If you notice when you fast, you feel better. When you do a water fast, you feel better. When you're just get, taking in air and water, you feel better. You draw closer to God or closer to purity, to pure energy. So it makes sense that the God in the Bible if he loving you, he's going to tell you, 
eat the purest food on the planet. And basically we're gonna be healthy. But are we doing that? Hell no. And that would explain a lot because I know people some people have said that when they eat McDonald's, McDonald's is addictive and it's like a craving for more McDonald's. And I'm like, it's French fries, come on in. But <laughs> but what you just said would make sense. You're taking in dead energy. So you're attracting death to you. But if you took two people, same weight, same height, same sex, two women that weigh 220 pounds, put them in condos right across the hall from each other and deliver them food. You give one McDonald's for a week and you give the other one fresh fruits and vegetables and maybe some oatmeal and rice for a week. What do you think is going to be healthy? The one with the rice and the oatmeal and the fruits. So we already know the answers, but we got to walk the walk because God says in the Bible, the wages of sin are death. So what if sin literally also means not just to do your fellow man wrong, not just to do God wrong, but also to do yourself wrong by consuming death? What's crazy is maybe that's why. Remember people in the Bible lived in hundreds and thousands and how many years? Now, what if not only did they have a pure way of thinking, but they were feeding their body cleaner food and that allowed them to live to that point? The Essenes eat. If you read the Gospel of the Essenes, book one, you don't even have to read it. You could you look it up on YouTube and listen to the audio version. Mm-hmm. Listen to that book tonight when you go to sleep. I guarantee you that if you try that for just two days, you will call me up and be like, hey, did somebody just walk by you right there? Yeah, that was Alex. Okay. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, that's okay. why I was looking over at the TV earlier when I was moving my hand was because I could see a reflection on the TV. And... Until Chris is asleep over there on the sofa, until Alex just walked in there, there hasn't been nobody else in here but me, and there's no lights on. The only light is the light I have on my computer. So, so all these shadows going around. <laughs> yeah, I was probably just tripping. I was probably just tripping. It's probably you moving. But uh, yeah, if you read that, I guarantee you, you'll see your health increase, but it's something that has to be done gradually. And if you read the stories, this. I believe that this book, Gospel of the Essenes, book one, is more close to what real Christians would view as how Jesus really is and how the real God is. He says he has no part in in basically death or hate or anger, basically evil in any kind, that this God is 100% basically the light of love and compassion and mercy. Now, that's the God I can get behind. That's telling me don't hurt nothing. Don't hurt no animals, don't hurt no humans, live off the 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 live off of the 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 herbs and the and the the vegetation that God gives and eat it pure. Have your your diet pure, your thoughts pure, your mouth pure and you will walk pure and I think then maybe with a lot of meditation, chanting, and prayer, maybe we could reach out and touch somebody and they'd be healed. But 
I think it's us too. I think we block our energy with these dead foods and the constant, uh, our technology. I think our technology has a lot to do with it. See, and I also think, I know we've talked about this before, and I've told you certain people just mess up my vibration and my vibrational energy. Energy vampires. That's what We're going to do a show. Search me on that. You want to do a show on that? Yeah. Energy vampires. Okay. But I think as an empath and a person who helps people in, you kind of sucked towards those type of people because their energy is messed up to start with. And so you have that natural instinct to heal. You have an interesting perspective on that, Lisa. I, in studying the Tao, in magnetism, in everything, the reason why a woman is attracted to a masculine man, let's look at uh, men and women, physical attraction. The first thing a man sees when he sees a woman is color, shape, size. When a man sees a woman, I mean, a woman sees a man, she sees the same thing. She sees uh, his color, his shape, and his size. If women are soft and curvy in ovals and circles and, and um, cones, then men are the opposite. We're, we're squares, the square chest, the, the jaw. You see the cylinders, the penis is a cylinder, and you have a circle. So it's natural to do this. That's the natural, natural attraction. The reason why you're attracted to that masculine man because he is everything that you are not. So when we see a soft woman that's curvy and voluptuous and has the circles and the curves, she is everything that we are not. So we're magnets drawn together. Like the Bible says, I pulled the woman out of man. So what happens? They, they try to draw back together. That is natural. It's the way God did it. Nature did it. However you want to do it. So when you see that guy, you're just like, mm, you just can't even help yourself. His strong masculinity is everything that you ain't. So when you find that dude that's kind of, yeah, I don't know, he's kind of, uh, uh, he's swimming around, and you just kind of like, something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Because he, he repelled, you repel because he's too similar to you in, in, in his feminine side. He's, he's got some too much feminine in him that you're like, oh, I don't know about this, brother, but the dick is good, but something's wrong. <laughs> something's real wrong. <gasps> I'm just saying. <laughs> I went on a little rant there, but I think that, that that's it. The feminine, masculine coming in together. That's the, we see things differently. Because when I'm out and about in the world, married or no, I see cones, I see breasts, I'm like, it's automatic. You know, I see booty, mm, it's automatic. When I see women look at men and the man come in like Zeus, she's like, oh my goodness. You know, it's just, it's automatic. And we're made that way. It has to be or we wouldn't mate, right? We wouldn't be attracted to each other to do anything. Right. And then sometimes I wonder if the people who were, who do arranged marriages, maybe they're on to something. <laughs> because there's a whole lot of people that can't seem to find nobody. 
But there's a whole lot of people that were in arranged marriages that have been married for a long time. I'm not sure what arranged marriages are based off of, but that was just a random thought. Well, I don't know. That lead and follow, we don't live in that world anymore. But if if that's another thing where the, the Bible seems kind of old school, but once again, maybe we're talking about a, a being that is so pure, but he has to reach back to us lesser beings that are not as pure and give us lower laws to bring us to higher laws. And we're questioning his laws like, this ain't right, this ain't right. Why would God do this? Mm-hmm. Maybe God's trying to elevate us slowly, but we're not there at that level of purity yet. So he's like, you, you follow him. That's what you do. Can you be obedient with that? And the woman's like, hell no. That's but, because I've told people, you lead and I follow. They can't seem to lead. So, <laughs> and so you have a whole point. different set of issues. Because now I got to lead. And I'm not trying to lead a grown man to do what he's supposed to do in the first place. But then that's where you have people on the other team that's making it hard for the man to be that man. I was watching the uh, Chris Rock show on Netflix the other week, and I he was one of my favorite comedians back in the day. He still is today. I learned Chris Rock should have been a pastor because he's preaching more than he's telling jokes, but it makes sense. He said a man said a woman and children are loved unconditionally. You women, they. Everyone loves a woman. Everyone loves children. He said, not so for a man. A man is loved upon the condition of what he can provide. That is so true. Anytime you meet any man, he's giving you his resume. He's showing you his car. He's showing you his wiener and your DMs. He's showing you his money account. He's letting you know what he can provide. Because you're not going to respect him if he's not in a position to be able to do two things. Protect you or provide for you and we're not even talking about pleasing you see that could come later and that was crazy because i dated a doctor from another country i'm not gonna say what country because that's irrelevant and he showed up to the first date with his bank account statement and i was like ninja what the hell is wrong with you (laughs) because i was like okay And to me, it was just odd. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be the only date we have. But but he was letting you know, I, I can provide for you. He is equally as a woman goes to the gym, works out, gets her body right, wears them clothes to, to, to pull the man she wants. It is equally as a lot of men are going to school, educating themselves, learning their craft, practicing their craft, getting their bank account right so he can pull a woman of the stature that he wants. He wants to be able to show, I can do this. He's learning how to fight. He's boxing. He's wrestling. He's taking UFC classes. He's like, girl, I got some guns in the house. Like, he's showing you I can be that man. And that's him flexing his balls. You know, he's like, yeah, I can do this. Oh, yeah. That's funny that you said that because when dudes show me guns, I'm like, what, you going to shoot me? I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm not worried he about trying to show you he could protect so you know, I read that a whole different way. Okay, you might kill me one day. <laughs> I was like, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? I could, I could be like the Steve Harvey of showing women 
like what to look for in a man. I think I'm so well versed on the feminine mentality and the masculine reality on both sides. I could just spoon feed you this information and show you what you don't want to look for and what you need to be looking for because we're so tuned into our physical natural vibration we don't see past that unless like yourself you're an empath and you're like i'm looking at your heart you know i'm looking at your kindness your compassion will you get along with my children are you going to try to have sex with my children are you going to beat me up and light me on fire and put me in the car and I'm going to be on an ID channel case. You know, you're looking at all that, but a lot of women well, had all these conversations, <laughs> you know, she just like, he got a nice body and a big dick girl. So yeah. Yeah. But that's public penis. And I, I, women need to know the difference between public penis and penis that comes home. In case y'all don't know the penis that everybody's showing you on in your DM, everybody has to seen it or had it. So <laughs> yeah, that's why it's so easy for them to send it to you randomly. Yeah. Yeah. I would have a problem doing that because I would be more afraid that, um, and I've done this before, but before this even happened, this is a true story. I was single living in Santa Cruz and I took a picture of my penis. I really did. And I had it on my phone and I was all proud. And I was, I was, I thought I was, it was okay. Now I've seen bigger, I've seen smaller, but I'm like, this is my penis. This is what I got. This guy on my job was gonna hook me up with this girl. He knew this beautiful Spanish girl. Oh, she was thick. Like she's like 222, 30, short, voluptuous, big booty, nice thighs, big lips, sexy eyes. She had the little Latin hair. She had the little la 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 talk. And I was like, woo, okay. And so we were talking and I went right in to try to impress her. And she knew I had a job, she knew I had a car, she knew I had a place. And we start, I think we start talking about sex or whatever. And here go the, the, the mad mistake that men make into thinking that your penis is the shit and she gonna like your penis and she ain't thinking about a penis like that. So she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. well, you got a picture? Oh, yeah. Well, let me see the picture. I was like, proud, bam. But she was like, no, nah. <laughs> I was like, no. Nah. I was like, feelings hurt. I felt like this big. I was like, I wanted to just hide in a cave somewhere. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that even happened. She rejected me, walked away and everything. I was like, I can't believe this happened, Lisa. And we're saying this live on recording, but I don't care. I was just saying, you know. That really I, happened, but. I've told you when people have sent me pictures, and this has been people I've known for a while. Why the hell you send this to me? <laughs> Did I ask you for a picture? They'd be like, well, I've known you the she, X amount of time. Yes. I don't care. Did I ask you? <laughs> Y'all can say, but she asked. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like what level of penis that she's used to. Now I'm five foot eight. What if she's used to seven foot two foot long penis? And I could have showed her eight inches and she still would have been like, nah, I want a foot long. And you know, I'll just like, you know, she there's said, no nah, pleasing dog, some people. <laughs> Huh? She said, no, dog. It's huh? a no. It's a, she straight dissed my ass. But then there's some women who was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll mess with you. But it depends. So these guys that send their wieners out, you're brave. You don't know what this woman was used to before you. So when you see your wiener, she dissed you. You need to take that because you don't know what she was used to. Because I have seen some ugly with JJs. Do not send me a picture of you with JJ thinking I'm going to like it because life comes from with JJ. I've seen some horrible 
looking for JJ's. It was just all open, like, no. Disturbing. No. <laughs> well, that's like, um, I had this one dude send me a picture, Tom, but he had a big, a big five inches with me. I was like, dude, <laughs> I had nine pound baby. <laughs> what you gonna do? Oh, wow. Wow. I'm like, you joking, right? <laughs> no, no, Lisa, he was dead serious. He, he was dead ass serious. I Because you know I don't be trying to hurt nobody's feelings like that. <laughs> but, I mean, and sometimes you yeah. have to explain to men, we have babies that come out of there. So, <laughs> so whatever it is you I think, think you plan on doing probably ain't going to be what you think it's going to be. Yeah. I just don't think that that I think that the the I feel sorry for women when it comes to physicalness because there's more room for a guy to have a little wiener and a horrible body and still pull of chick than it is for a woman. It's not saying that she can't get the wiener, but she's not going to get the the caliber of wiener that's going to take her serious because of she's not that chick. And, and the guys that want that kind of chick, that's what they want. They want her to be this tall, boom, 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 like this, perfect little booms. And it's just that, that's what it is, what it is. It's hard for women, like to the makeup, the hair, the matching bra and panties, not to mention you, you better smell right and you better coordinate, you better be talking right, it'll be looking crazy. Like it's just as hard. I think it's worse. Cause I can literally come outside with this. I'm gonna show you, I got on. Um, just the regular old shirt and these little black um, shorts and go outside with black socks with mm. flip-flops. Yeah, I've had dates. And pulled with somebody. Where I've spent the huh? night. I've had dates where I've spent the night and I woke up like two hours before everybody else woke up to make sure I looked the same in the morning when he woke up that I did when I went to bed the night before. And that's hard. That's hard. That's hard to to have to think that you have to present yourself other than what you are to be accepted. Not cool. Cause, I mean, because you know, I think, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going on camera unless I'm right. I mean, you know, we talked about this. Uh, I'm not doing no makeup today, so I'm not going to be on camera. <laughs> so, okay. Or I'm not getting my hair that busted. Like I've seen you. I've seen you both ways, and you're beautiful either way, but. I have to respect the level that you feel as a woman, not just on men looking at you, but I think other women are harsher on yeah. other women than men are. And especially Girl, why you like that? You know I'm gonna go to black women because you know we got the colorist thing. You know, we got, you know, we behave. We went to the same high school. You already know. So yeah. half of them in the group right now. Let's be for real. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should be able to go outside with your hair or whatever and no makeup and sweatpants and still get the same respect as a man walking outside with a wife beater on and flip-flops. It shouldn't make a difference, but it's the way our society is. Yes, and see, what I did that I wish I hadn't done when Samari was doing pageants when she was younger was she was like, why can't I wear this outside? Well, because you have little girls coming up to you that want to take pictures with you and whatnot. You have titles now. So you have to, when the public sees you, you have to be seen a certain way. You can't just be walking around looking all crazy. So for the longest time, she wasn't, I didn't let her go out looking all crazy because 
She'd have little girls. Are are you Samaria? Are you Miss um Tiny Miss Virginia? Can I take my picture with you? Look, you can't be looking crazy and getting your picture taken and somebody putting the picture somewhere else and everybody seeing your <laughs> seeing that you only like to wear um your brother's sweatpants and t-shirts. Here you go. Don't take my book because I write in there, bro. All right. Yeah, we we definitely got all off subject, y'all. But this is this is the levels that that Lisa and Mark go to in private. We just talk about anything and everything. And Lisa, I want to say that I feel good to have a female friend that I can talk openly to and say what I want. And I hope you feel the same to me that you can talk to me about things without judgment. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Mark is like my dating coach, even though I don't ever listen, but he gives good advice. But I'm hard headed, so <laughs> so he knows some stuff. I'm just gonna do what I want to do anyway. I don't even know why it's I asked. It's twelve o'clock. <laughs> because a hard headed nigga. That's all right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's supposed to be soft. It's supposed to be soft. I'm doing too much. Hey. Bye. Here, let, let me let him get, get on camera for a little bit. Hi, baby. Hey. Hi. What are you doing? Uh. You writing? You writing huh? jokes? I can't move it. You writing jokes, aren't you? He doing something. He drawing. He all in his little world. Yeah. But uh, everybody, we, we got off topic, and I'm kind of glad we did because y'all could see the real Lisa and Mark. You know, we real people. That's what we do. We, we transparent. We talk about embarrassing stuff. We talk about personal stuff. Yeah, it's the light. I see it. We, we talk about real stuff, and this is why I appreciate uh, my co-host, Lisa, so much. She's very transparent. She's very real. And she's a real woman, and she's gonna tell you what's really on her mind. And I, I, I respect you all day long. Thank you, and I respect you too, Mark. Boy, don't lose my stuff. He gonna lose your stuff. You already know he gonna. Uh, lose I'm watching stuff. you, bro. Ah, draw on on there if Nana sees you. Okay, don't have me to tell. I'm snitching. Sherry. <laughs> 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 he heard her name it was like, <laughs> That's like he did samaria i bought one of those 36 dollars rocket books that you take the picture and it scans in automatically i loaned her my book so every day she comes here i'm like you still got my notebook <laughs> yeah is my notebook messed up samaria because it was a 36 dollars notebook no you know my notebook messed up somewhere in her bedroom <laughs> but she's like the i know exactly how you feel do you keep your notebooks? Yeah. Like the rocket book, um, it's an app, and I take a picture of it, and it scans it into my phone. Okay. And that's why it was thirty-six dollars because you use it over hundred times. And I was like, for thirty-six dollars, I can use it over hundred times. It's supposed to take the place of like a hundred notebooks or something. So. Okay. And I let this kid use it. I'm getting clown. I'm sorry. I'm getting clown by my grandson. <laughs> 
he got jokes. He he really does. Yeah. So, what did you think about tonight's show? We're just doing an after show now. This is an after show. What, what did you think about the UFO thing? Did you what did you get out of that? You know, you already knew the way I felt. <laughs> as far as aliens and the Bible, um, I think there might actually be an ancient aliens um topic on that too. I think I might have browsed over. I know there. I haven't seen it, but I think I might have passed over it today too. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, you're doing God, too much, bro. You're doing too much. Like I said, if God is he's still God. And I don't understand why that's so hard for people to understand. My thoughts are I think, like, whoever and wherever God is. I think that this being is so pure beyond us, our comprehension, that he, she, or it can't even really interact with us on our low level of vibration. If I was to just look at it as energy, we're not vibrating fast enough to see. Okay, you don't want to? Okay, thank you. Go check on Nana. Tell me what Nana do. Go check on Nana, make sure she's all right. You gonna be my little helper? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that our God, in my opinion, gets misrepresented. And I think that this is gonna be a stretch, but I think that God is actually feminine in nature in the point of, if you read the Bible, it says, uh, I will nurse you basically like a mother and cover you in my wings that God is a protector, a provider, a nurturer, a sustainer, and that there's no darkness in this God is 100% light. But then it makes me go to what was before the light, the darkness, and I don't even want to go there, but I'm just saying that this deity is good. It, he gets, he, she, or it gets misrepresented. And I think that the, the, the purity of God is absolutely true. And I don't know why God doesn't interfere in our lives and the point of just meeting us and saying, hi, how you doing? My name is God. This is what I want you to do. I don't know why that doesn't happen, but I believe my, my, my spiritual mind believes my logical mind questions everything. Now, and I should question everything, but I believe. Now, what if, since you did point out that he's a nurturer and more feminine in nature, what if this is why the translators translated it to be more misogynistic? Hmm. Interesting point. How people do. Change everything around. Mm -hmm. Make everything opposite. Exactly. I'm trying to, um, we said we were going to do a show on toxic. In toxic energy. Yo. I'm going to study for this like a test because I want to, we can do a series on that. What is it? How to deal with it? Who they are? You want me to, you want me to help you? Them so some of them can be recognizable. To <laughs> Say it again. You want me to print out some pictures of some of them so they can be recognizable to the public? <laughs> no, Lisa. You have the government showing up in our house. 
I know the first person you're going to put on there starts with a T, ends with a P. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But we gonna do it. We gonna do it. It's gonna come out. What's on your mind, Lisa? You got you, your. We gonna talk after the show. We gonna have to talk today or tomorrow. Basically, what I was talking about to you, with to you about last week, and what I was talking mentioning to you earlier in the text. Yeah, you I, have to remind I, me y'all. Sometimes. <laughs> I said y'all be having drama sometimes. Okay. Okay. Okay, but I'll talk to you after um we finish up here. Are you hey hey take them upstairs? Take that upstairs. Don't eat that right here. This is Nana's don't touch room. I'm lucky to be sitting here. When you get older, you're gonna find out every grandparent got that untouchable room. It's always in the front of the house. You don't want it? You go and go kick out of the untouchable room. Ask her. Go ask her. Take it. Just take one. Take a couple cookies. What? <laughs> what do you want? You want to go with Nana? Yeah. Go ahead. He wants you to go too. You want me to go too? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't All right, man. <laughs> yeah. See, you understood what I didn't get. He's like, come on, you done. Let's you go. The, ta- the tone he used, that's what he was talking about. Uh, you got something? Let me get this out your hair. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, it has been a wonderful show of five hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful show of five hours. Don't you mess with my tripod. Um. This has been, uh, no, let me let you, and I'll do it after you do. Hey, okay. hey. Lisa, you, you want to sign off before me? Okay. No. I want to everybody for tuning in and everybody who's going to be watching the replay as well as the podcast. We want to thank all of our faithful followers and our group members. Yeah. Really appreciate all of you. And this has been Get Twisted with Lisa and Mark. And good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you, everybody.